Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Great Brazilian team. Gout, it's there. They're ahead. It's one of the biggest sporting events in the world. And today, we're giving you an inside look at the teams and playoff pictures to date. As we present Atlanta Soccer Tonight. It's okay now. The goalkeeper's beaten, and South Africa has their first goal. Listen as Jason Longshore gives you all the latest in the world of soccer. As we break down the matchups and get you insights you can only find here. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Here's Jason Longshore. Let's kick it. Atlanta Soccer Tonight live on 92.9, The Game and the Odyssey app. Thanks for being Night Owls with us. I'm Jason Longshore, and I will be joined throughout the World Cup by Jessica Charman to talk about the biggest sporting event in the world. You ready for this, Jess? Well, as it's just turned midnight, it is today, Jason. It's been a long time coming, and it is finally here. Very excited and delighted that we're going to be here all World Cup long. It's the moment we live for when it comes to being a soccer fan. Yeah, less than 11 hours away now. Opening game, Qatar and Ecuador kick things off on FS1, on Telemundo. Huge way to start the tournament with the host nation. We'll we'll talk about them as we go. If you haven't heard our intro podcast that was posted late Thursday night, early Friday morning, check that out for details on the whole tournament, all the different groups. But let's get caught up on the news of the day, and it's huge news of the day involving the defending champions, France. Now, you picked France to go to the final right uh, i think the semis but i'm feeling a little sore about it right now the tournament hasn't started so you can rescind your pick and you can resubmit that's completely fine we'll, we'll we'll figure that out before the show is over but they have lost another player the french national team announced today that kareem benzema has picked up a thigh injury in training he will be removed from the french squad they have until monday night to name a replacement if they want to Remember, it's 26-man rosters now instead of the usual 23. They might decide 
not to name a replacement. I think in terms of the starting lineup, likely going to see Olivier Giroud go into the starting lineup, although that's not a definite. He is in good form, but he has not been the, the regular for France as of late. How big of a loss is this for the French? I mean, you've lost the Ballon d'Or winner. You've lost the best player, the best form in the entire year. I think it's heartbreak for the individual, of course. And I think for France, they just feel like they can't catch a break. We spoke about it in our last show about the list of injuries, and it just keeps getting longer and longer and longer. You look at Pogba, you look at Kante, plenty of others on that list as well. They're facing a lot of adversity right now, and we already know that the odds aren't in their favor in terms of reigning champions. They just seem to struggle when it comes to defending a title. Now you've lost your goal scorer. You've lost your guy that's in form, a player that you know you look to to get you out of sticky situations. And I think that it's going to be really difficult for France right now to spin this into a positive, to use it as a motivating factor. And I think if you follow any French soccer fans on Twitter, they've got their head in their hands right now. The spine of the team has been decimated. You've lost Benzema. You've lost the midfield, Pogba and N'Golo Kante. You've lost Kimpembe. You've lost Nkunku. All out injured out of the tournament, not just out for a game or two, out of the tournament. Now, if Didier Deschamps decides to go and add another player, he's kind of lucky in that, and I wonder if this was maybe planned, uh, with some Benyetter, who is with Monaco, has six goals this season, 32 years old, veteran. He's in good form. He's on vacation near Doha. So, you know, if you have to make a call, he can get there quickly. Um, other candidates, Moussa Diaby, Anthony Martial, you know, Benyetter would be the most likely solution if Deschamps decides that he needs one more player in this lineup. But I'm I'm more interested in who's going to start instead of Benzema. Giroud has three goals and three assists in his last three games before the break. But you got to keep Randall Colo Mwani in mind as well. Eintracht Frankfurt striker, eight goals in 23 games in all competitions. But what he's also done that would give them maybe a little bit different perspective is he also has nine assists in the Bundesliga. Maybe a little bit more of a complete forward than Giroud, who's going to be more of that traditional number nine. Yeah, and I think having a double threat in terms of a forward that's able to bring others into the action is so important at this level. When you have a big forward that is your target forward, that is your goal scorer, defenders can adjust. They can man mark, they can double team, they can kind of try and just knock you out of the action when you're able to bring others into the game, to link up, to allow others to shine. That's where the modern forward is going. You want a player that's able to contribute on both sides of the stat sheet. I will say for France, if there's one thing they can take from this, I almost think it's beneficial that that door is closed. I think sometimes yeah. with squads where you have someone that's lingering around that we're hoping you're in by game three. We're hoping you're in for the knockout stages. It doesn't allow you to focus and just think, this is what we have. This is the bones. This is what we're dealing with. We're going to do the best that we can. And at least they have that closure of knowing what they're going to have to deal with. And that can motivate the players a little bit more, knowing that they're fighting for their spot for the rest of the tournament. They're not going to work hard in game one, game two, only to be replaced by the Ballon d'Or winner. Yeah, it's the right decision, and, and I think both sides handled this really well. The team making the move and, and Benzema also coming out and saying that 
you know, he's kind of stepping aside so someone else can can help lead the team in the tournament. If the question, and they've got so many injuries, if the question throughout the tournament is, well, can Benzema help in this game? Well, can he play in this game? Can he play 45 minutes? Can he play 60? It's going to be a distraction. This is the best way forward for Didier Deschamps in France, but that pathway just gets harder and harder. More news on Atlanta soccer tonight in the World Cup. It looks like the U.S. will have Tyler Adams wear the armband. Now, in the run-up to this tournament, Greg Berhalter has kind of rotated the armband. It hasn't been with one person consistently. Tyler Adams has maybe been one that has worn it a little more often than others, and I think he's kind of got a lot of that natural leadership in the team. But it sounds like, according to Martin Rogers of Fox, that Tyler Adams will be the captain for the U.S. during the tournament. We were lucky to talk to a captain in the build-up to the tournament, Michael Parkhurst, former Atlanta United captain. Uh, You heard his whole interview, most of it anyway, on our preview podcast. But here's what Parkey had to say about the need for leadership in this U.S. team. Very important. You know, I think that it's extremely difficult for a young team or an inexperienced team um, to show up to any tournament or playoffs and, and have success, you know, e- even in MLS, right? And that's why I think looking back at Atlanta United, that's why it was so important for us to make the playoffs in, in year one in 2017, because you need to that experience in order to have success the next time around. Um, there's very few teams in MLS. You know, you look at LAFC, it took them five years, even though they've had a very good team. Right. You look at Austin this year, they made a deeper run than I thought they would. Um, But that experience matters, even at the highest, highest level. Um, You know, I know these guys are playing in Champions League. They're playing in big games. Right. But um, that's with a club team. It's different. wearing the U.S. jersey. It's different playing in a World Cup. I never did, but I played for the national team. So I know that it's a little bit different wearing that crest instead of a club one. Um, And so that that makes me a little bit nervous that we've only got Yedlin with any World Cup experience. So leadership will be important. And leadership across the entire pitch. I know we're talking about who's wearing the armband, but it's about people that are able to step up across the field. And it doesn't necessarily take an armband to allow you to be vocal, to allow you to use your experience from the club game. But as Parky said, it's a rarity to only have one player with World Cup experience in Yedlin. We don't know how much he's going to start either. I think he only started five games in qualifying out of 14. So he's going to be a leader in the locker room and able to explain to players what it's like to travel to a World Cup, be involved, be in that atmosphere. But at the same time, you're going to be leaning on other players to step up and use their experience from the club game. But it doesn't necessarily directly translate into the World Cup. And I do worry slightly about that element in the US with it being such a young team. If things don't go their way, if they face adversity, if they face a really difficult start in their first game, a disappointing result, will they be able to find that leadership and that experience to be able to push through and allow them to thrive later on? We'll have plenty more on the U.S. and on England tomorrow night on the show. We'll probably be starting right about the same time between 1145 and midnight tomorrow. You can get the podcasts on the Off the Woodwork folder every night after they go out. Go ahead and subscribe. You'll have it downloaded waiting for you in the morning. When we come back on Atlanta Soccer tonight, you're going to hear from Nino Torres. Calls the Ecuadorian League, among many others, for Goal TV. 
Jess and I had a chance to catch up with him and talk about Ecuador, who are opening the tournament with the hosts in about 10 hours and 45 minutes. Atlanta soccer tonight on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. We'll be right back after this. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back to more of Atlanta Soccer Tonight with Jason Longshore on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome back to Atlanta Soccer Tonight. We were very lucky to catch up with Nino Torres of Goal TV to learn a little more about Ecuador ahead of their first match tomorrow. Jess started things off with Nino asking if the brutal South American qualification process will help Ecuador in the World Cup. Let's put it like this. There's no no, no other, uh, national teams in the world that have to face a Neymar and Messi back and forth. When you face those two giants, when you face those two guys, and you, you you're you're prepared you're prepared but the, but the world cup is a different animal okay don't forget this that uh, this uh, different animal it's only 30 days and you are aiming for seven games here there's seven games there's, there's nothing else and if you fail in one spot you're out it's it's it's, it's brutal the, the world cup is is, is brutal and uh, sometimes uh the uh the, the, the teams that are they're coming with a with a big cartel, big candidates. Uh, they they can exit out quick, and it happened with the last uh, few world champions. So, I think what's interesting about Ecuador, and not many teams will have this in common. So many of the players in this national team developed at the same place, Independiente del Valle, who has really helped transform Ecuadorian football as a whole. How important is that project at IDV to Ecuador's success in this tournament? They're they're leading the revolution in, in, in South America, Independiente del Valle. They are the leaders. They are ahead of everybody else in the continent. And uh, putting aside for Brazil because the, the amount of money that they, they're they're generating in that in that country is just it's just 
uncatchable for for anybody else in the in the continent. So having said that, this is independent uh, advice, and it's crazy because it's a project that started ten years ago. Okay, ten years ago, um, I forgot the name of the guy that the body team, and uh, he came with this plan. Uh, to transform uh, Independiente del Valle, and uh, they decided to 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 work smart and 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 to work with uh, every every inch of the country to be covered by scouts. Independiente del Valle has uh, three scouts; they're just going all across the nation, okay. And each of the three scouts have the uh, they have to um, they have to oversee five hundred players. Out of those 500 players, each scout has to bring three to the uh, to Independiente del Valle. So out of 1,500, you get nine players. You bring it into the um, into the facilities in Sangol Key, which is it's just a state of the art uh, facilities. I mean, they, they, they don't have nothing to envy to any any other any other uh, club in the world. And uh, they develop these players there. They're giving housing education uh fitness soccer and um and, and, and nutrition okay and, and on top of that of the education and everything they also teach in uh, different languages they have to pick at least two languages to get ready because these guys are coming here with the mentality that uh i'm not going to play for emily when my, when, I, when i grew up no no i went to juventus i went to manchester united uh i'm going you know Premier League now has a, a tons, tons of Ecuadorians now. Right mm-hmm. on by, by themselves, they have three Ecuadorians on, on, on the same um, on the same team. And uh, this is uh, the, the 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 idea, the how they develop the the mentality of of, of players in, in South America in Ecuador, that uh, they just uh, making things that is possible. They just like they're not looking up to the uh, to the Messi's and, and the Neymar's of the world. No, they're they're not looking at from from the bottom. They're looking at from from the same level. Okay, you might be the superstar, but I'm playing with you. We're playing in the same field, and um, I am capable too. And plus, the uh, it's it's just it also helps that the uh, the physicality of the uh, of the Ecuadorian player is, is so strong. Uh, I would say that is probably the the most uh, strong. Uh, league in the uh, in the continent. I think that it, right alongside Brazil, and that's why they when they go to Brazil when they play uh, Flamengo, when we play Cruzeiro, when they play uh, these these big teams in, in Brazil. It, it, I'm gonna say it's, it's what 65 percent of the times Ecuadorian clubs when they go to Brazil they don't lose. Anybody wow. else from Colombia, Chile, Argentina, mm-hmm. anywhere. They got less than fifty percent of chances to win in Brazil. There's a lot of young players on this team. You know, how do you feel like that impacts the squad? I think some of what you were alluding to there is about that fearlessness, about that confidence that they have as youngsters. Do you feel like that young firepower, even maybe not having the experience in the you know real World Cup, how do you think that helps them fight in this tournament, being youthful? It, it helps a lot because uh, they, they're relentless. They don't care who they play against. They don't care one bit. They just and and this this I was uh, doing a research about this the latest guy that they call Kevin Rodriguez, 
in um it is it's interesting because if you google kevin rodriguez the first thing that's going to come up is going to be a, a picture from uh from the nationals from washington nationals man <laughs> the first thing. well no i'm not looking for that guy that's not my guy no and um it's a, it's a player placement in the second division in ecuador wow. second division okay only scoring 11 goals but uh the 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 the, the game that caught the eye of uh, gustavo faro is when uh he scored the goal winner against liga de quito in the copa ecuador back in uh was in july okay and, and Alfaro is like oh, oh this guy I like this guy, 6'3", 185, and he can dribble like Messi. I mean, I'm exaggerating, of course, <laughs> right? But uh, he can dribble. He he's just you know like kind of like a, uh, I would say if you could uh, get to compare this guy with, uh, I'm gonna say it's like Slatan because he's a big dude okay. and that skill. It's, it's 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 rare to find that combination because the you know the, the top athletic guys they're not you know they're not easy with the ball they're not uh soft they're not velvety passing no 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 these are guys that you run like an athlete yeah you're looking for a, like a cornerback or something like that and um and and i saw him coming in uh against iraq and uh, he got into the pitch and he was like nothing it, it seemed like he was playing with the big guys for like forever and he was you know the, he was uh, you know going back and forth with angelito mena and Mena didn't give the, the ball back to him. And I was like, hey, dude, I'm right here. I'm wide open. Why are you going to give it to me? You know, that 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 kind of confidence from, from, from this guy. I like it. He's so fast. And this is, uh, and I know why he can't, okay? Because uh, as you, you've been following, uh, I mean, from Ecuador, in, uh, in the last, uh, what is it, two, three games, three games that they haven't scored a single goal. Yeah. And uh, that's uh, one of the, uh, I want to say, the, 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 the weakest points. And uh, in, in Ecuador, they're the center forward. Their center forward is not, uh, it's, it's not the uh, the difference maker in the team. It's not. It's uh, that we're talking about when you're talking about Ecuador, you go talking about the the wingers, the outbacks, how so they are in defense, the the, the the midfield. But they're they're um, their striker. They're taking in Valencia, taking Michael Estrada, in uh, Sarmiento also, in um. No, Caicedo, no Sarmiento, Caicedo. And, uh, and that's why they, he didn't call uh, Leo Campana, the guy from uh, from Miami. That surprised me a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'll tell you why, okay? I, I, I was looking at the – I went through all the goals from Leo Campana this season and all the goals uh, that uh, Kevin Rodriguez scored this season, all right? 80% of the goals from Leo Campana from inside the box. Okay, that's the old classic center forward, big tall guy that can finish a poacher. Whereas Rodriguez, being tall, being strong, but being so fast. What is this? One, two, three, six, six, seven goals. He scored seven of the eleven goals that he scored, starting from the center line, from the wings, and it comes from the wings and finishes right there on the. Um, uh, on the penalty spot on the border of the 18 mm-hmm. but the uh the distances that he covers and how wide and how fast he can go how he can get involved in the uh, in the elaboration with mena with uh with preciado with moses caicedo it's just it's a, it's a different animal and i i don't know we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens in the world cup but i, I don't think he's going to start 
but uh, he, him, and the uh, and your guy Riasco, uh, the, the 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 player from uh, was playing in uh, Liga de Quito, but now is in a uh, is in also boys in Argentina. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's they have they have the same uh, personality, right? Those are the guys that are just jump on the pitch. I uh, they don't care. They they just don't care who they play against. Twenty two year old, both of them. And playing in a Gustavo Alfaro team, you know, he's going to need that ability to flip the field because he's generally going to build from the back to the front. It's going to be a little conservative. It's going to be, you know, based on on the counterattack. You know, how do you feel like Alfaro prepares Ecuador to handle this group with Qatar, you know, with the threat of the Netherlands and with Senegal, who's a little bit more of an unknown now without Sadio Mane. Yeah, I mean, um, the, the main goal here is to, uh, he, he said this, uh, we came here to play three games. We came here to, to address three games. I'm not thinking about the knockout stage yet. I'm not even thinking about that. I'm focused on these three games. And we're going to go all in on these three games. Whatever happens after those three games, it will be welcome. But now, our main goal is to address these three games each individually, and then we'll see what happens. And, uh, and, and that I think that's a, a great approach uh, from Alfaro, uh, knowing that he's going to play against the the, uh, the host that uh, they already you heard all the controversies and everything, right? And uh, but I don't think they're gonna lose this first game, all right? But this is this is this is the most important game for Ecuador. The first game, mm-hmm. they don't. If they don't lose this game, they're going through. Oh, I if like the bold prediction. Lose, hey, we they, both they, had them going through. Don't forget, yeah. Jason. Don't yeah. forget our bracket. Oh, oh, oh Jesus, I'm sorry. No, you're going through. Come on, come <laughs> on. You're going through. Are you kidding me? You're right. I think this first game, getting something out of it. They don't have to win it, but they can't lose it. Exactly. Exactly. And I, and I, I, I don't think they're going to lose it. It's just the um, how, how cautious and how careful Alfaro is uh, with, the, with their setup. That it's just, uh, I, I don't think they, 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 they're going to lose. And uh, where's my triangle? I, was, I was going all the, uh, all right here. Grueso, Moses, Caicedo, and Mena. That's the uh, the heart of the operation for a for a fire. That midfield is is just the uh, you know the 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 heart of, of the team that is gonna make this team. Uh, if they are successful, these three guys, Ecuador will go. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll go even further than the than the second round, but we'll see. You spoke about the coaches' expectations. We all know very well that coaches' expectations are often very different to the nation's expectation. The vibe in Ecuador right now, how are people feeling about it? Are they just excited to be there, or is there a little bit more pressure on this Ecuadorian national team? They know the quality that they have, and they demand more from this from this side. And, uh, and they, everybody, there's only, what is this, uh, three players from the... Uh, from Brazil 2014 in um, on this. And, and, and I, you know, I, I saw a, what it was, it was a TikTok. I, I forgot which player from Ecuador was 
when they were playing uh, in the in the first the first time that they qualified in in, in decades when they go to uh, uh, what is this uh, Japan Japan uh, Japan Korea 2002 they play Italy right and uh, there's this video I forgot who the player was man okay we will come back and uh, he said we were looking at them like they were superstars we were looking at them and like, man these are the Oscars look at me. Look at how hot they are, these players, man. Looking at the, uh, the Italians, right? Oh, look at that's Buffon. Oh, that's Paolo Maldini. And in in that uh, that feeling is not there anymore. This is this is a, a different Ecuador. This is an Ecuador that they that they know that they they can face Brazil. They can face Argentina. They can face anyone. And uh, and coming up even with a with a positive result out of it. And then, and I think that's the uh, that's how the country feels too. That they get you know this uh, a giant step from uh, from 2002 to 2014 to to 2018, and uh, they're they're demanding more. They're demanding more. Uh, I'm telling you, there are they're one the one this team to to go through the uh, the knockout stage. That's where expectations are high. Thanks again to Nino Torres for hanging out with us catching up he's one of my all-time favorites if you don't have a chance to watch goal tv i highly recommend it as much as anything for nino's commentary because he's a one-man band calling games from ecuador from uruguay from portugal from the netherlands from peru he is hilarious he's one of my favorites uh, make sure you're following him esp nino 74 on all social media platforms and keep in touch and tweet at him during games and he'll, he'll read it during the game it's very funny. Very good. But what I loved that he told us, Jess, is about a player who has one cap playing in the Ecuadorian second division. And he gave us a breakdown of Kevin Rodriguez. There was another player who had one cap coming into a World Cup. Salvatore Schilacci. He ended up winning the Golden Boot in 1990. Wasn't a regular for Italy. One cap. Kind of just one of those guys that are like, oh, okay, whatever. He gets hot, goes on a run. What Nino described with Kevin Rodriguez, he gives them something completely different than the rest of the forwards they have. I think he's going to end up seeing the field in the group stage. And based on what the coach has said about the selection as well of Rodriguez, that he wants to reward his hard work, reward his fearlessness, reward his energy. He speaks about remembering this player, reminding him of himself when he was younger because he's a fighter, because he's faced adversity. And those are the kind of characteristics you want in a player. And I think Nino put it best when he talked about the fearlessness of this young side, but also the belief that they have in themselves. And I think that's what this Ecuadorian national team encapsulates this year. They're not a young team that's just happy to be there. They're a young team that have this really nice, almost naivety, but in a positive way, that means they're going to take on everybody because they feel like they belong here. I watched a uh, video on Brighton's website that I highly recommend. It's a video with the clip of the trio of Brighton players and they talk about expectation and they say they truly believe they can make a good run in this tournament because they have the perfect mix of youth experience and talent. And that's a really exciting team to be a part of, Jason. This is a team that I'm really looking forward to watching their games. I got the jersey back here. I mean, come on. I'm, I'm ready for Ecuador to kick it off tomorrow, 11 a.m. We'll be back in three minutes. We're going to talk to some juice boxes a little bit. We're going to give you some, some juice box 
I don't want to say predictions, but maybe at least a few ideas. If you have some spare juice boxes and you're thinking about tomorrow, we'll break that down. We'll also talk about some referee things that have come out ahead of the tournament. You're listening to Atlanta Soccer tonight on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Look at all of today's matches on Atlanta Soccer Tonight. Let's go! On Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Welcome back to Atlanta Soccer Tonight. Jason Longshore, Jessica Charman here to get you ready for Qatar and Ecuador in the morning. Opening match of the 2022 World Cup. And look, it's, it's a big event. And I know that a lot of you guys out there listening to this are in a pool of some sort, or you drew a team out to follow, one of those blind draw things, which never works because you'll get somebody who has no chance. Hey, my mom won it one year. My mom won really? it when Italy won. So it does work for somebody. I'm not that lucky. It would never work for me. I would end up drawing Saudi Arabia in this tournament. <laughs> hey, you never they know. No, they, no never I, know. I know. I know. They have no <laughs> chance. No, They're not getting out of the group. They're not getting any points. No chance. But there's a lot of other people with juice boxes to throw around. And then, you know, maybe they want to look at this game tomorrow. So we're here to, to tell you a little bit about the juice boxes and, and what's going on. And we like to use our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook to give you this information. Ecuador's the favorite, even though this is the host country, Qatar, playing in their first game. It is a country that has never qualified for the World Cup outside of maybe when they bought one, but that's a whole nother topic for another day, isn't it? Uh, Ecuador plus 130, Qatar plus 240. The draw is plus 200. Now, if you're you're new to the juice box conversation, the betting conversation, if you put $100 down on Ecuador, for example, and they win, you would win your $100 back plus 130. That's how it works. So Ecuador's the favorite. I don't know, Jess, when I, I look at this game, that 
draw number really mm -hmm. looks good to me. I've got a 1-1 one, one in this. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, when I was looking through the odds on there, I thought the draw along with the both teams to score would be the one where I'm edging towards. I think that both team has enough firepower up there and the two different styles of play with Ecuador on the counter, always looking dangerous. Qatar have a little bit of individual talent that can hurt you. We know they can score goals. We saw them in the Gold Cup. And they're also a side that has so much experience playing together. I think we forget sometimes the advantage that Qatar has with everyone pretty much playing domestically, a lot of them playing together at Al Saad, which means that they're almost like a club team. And I make that comparison in a nice way yeah. that they have that chemistry to an additional level that no other team can truly have. And I think that will be an advantage to them in this first game. Um, for Ecuador, I do think they have enough individual talent and enough organization with a very good manager mm -hmm. to be dangerous. But at the same time, we talked about the youthfulness. It's about facing that adversity. If they go a goal down, being able to believe that they can go back in it, particularly if it's an early goal, you know, with a young side that knows how important this game is, that knows that their nation, like Nino said, is feeling very confident about them. If they realize on the world stage, they've gone a goal down. That's where I have a little bit of a concern for Ecuador, but I think their style of play with a counter-attack is what pushes me to think the juice boxes would be rather smart on a both teams to score and perhaps a draw. Yeah, it's interesting that opening matches in World Cups, there's generally a good number of goals in these games. So, yeah, I don't think it's going to be a scoreless draw. I, I think both teams are going to get on the board. I think it's going to be entertaining because you have one team in Qatar who is led by a Spanish manager. They definitely come from the Barcelona school of style. They, they want the ball. They will press to try to get the ball back. What they've been able to learn maybe over the last couple of years, and this has been a team that, that's guested in other competitions. They played European teams <laughs> in World Cup qualifying, even though the games didn't count for qualifying. The ghost, played, the ghost team. Have you ever heard of yes. that before? Yeah, yeah. They were the ghost team in one group <laughs> in Europe. Um, group a, the ghost team in Group A where they played the schedule, but they didn't count. It, it's a – who knows? Their games counted in the Copa America, and they didn't do so well there. They counted in the Gold Cup, and they did pretty well. They really took the U.S. to the wire in the semifinal. And what I thought was interesting is we were going through and, and looking at, at some of these selections that, that we thought would be good to bring to the table tonight. I thought maybe Almoaz Ali, the, the player who is going to go down in history, I, I think. I'm, I'm sure he is now. Mm -hmm. I don't imagine there's going to be another situation like this the only player to be the golden boot winner in two different continental championships. He was the golden boot winner in the Asian cup in 2019 and the gold cup in CONCACAF in 2021. I thought he would be the selection for the anytime goal scorer. He's actually the number two option at plus 230. You went in a different direction from the Qatari national team. Yeah, listen, I'm a big believer in, you know, trying to mix things up a little bit, not going with the obvious option. Obviously, you get more juice boxes back if you have a little mm -hmm. bit of an estimate elsewhere. And I really love the style of Afif. I think he's a very talented player. I also think he would be a good bet for the assist as well, anytime yeah. assist, because 
he is a double threat. He knows how to finish. He scored goals in their warm-up games. He scored goals in qualifying. And he was at one point deemed to be the most quali- uh, the most promising Qatari player. Went over to Belgium, had some unsuccessful time in Spain. But I think when you have Qatari players that actually go over to Europe, it shows the potential that they believe that they have. Very, very fun player to watch. Silky skills, has a good eye for a pass, but also can take that shot. And I think that's where he's dangerous. People are expecting him to make a good move or release a pass or find Ali, who's going to be that target forward. And I think he could benefit off of the attention that Ali is going to get. A lot of the defensive eyes are going to be on Ali. They're going to be on thinking that he's going to be the guy that's going to hurt you. And we see it a lot, don't we? When there's that decoy of a really strong player, it allows someone else to step up and take that responsibility. And I think Afif may be that guy. If you're feeling really squarely, I kind of like Moises Caicedo at plus 800. Uh, I think Ecuador is going to be dangerous in transition on the break. I, I think Gonzalo um, Alfaro, or Alfaro, I think the thing about him, he even in a situation like this one where maybe it's straight up in terms of quality between the two teams, he's going to be a little conservative. That's when his teams are at their best. He's going to sit back against the team that, that wants the ball. I think Qatar will have the possession advantage. I think Ecuador will be completely fine with that. Not going to be in a bunker by any stretch, but they're going to sit back to look to break quickly. And Caicedo in those moments is so dangerous. He is a goal threat. But the other option, too, and I really think where Ecuador will hurt Qatar is on the left. Uh, Pervis Estupinian, if you oh. saw the Brighton-Chelsea game, the mm-hmm. demolition job of Roberto De Zerbi and Brighton over Chelsea, 4-1, Estupinian was incredible in that game. Opened everything up consistently. He's going to be going up against a team that's not quite at that level in this game. And I think in those big transition moments Estupinian and Caicedo will definitely give Qatar trouble it's a game though that I wonder if if Ecuador gets the first goal how does Qatar handle it because this is a team who has played in competitions it's different being the host nation at a world Mm -hmm. cup I wonder the reverse too if Qatar gets the first goal how does Ecuador handle it because that crowd you can look at Qatar's record. You can look at, at what they did in the Gold Cup, which was impressive. Copa America, not so much. Other competitions, mixed bag. You look at their roster, you say they're maybe one of the weakest teams in terms of talent in the competition. I don't think they're the weakest. But you play at home, and that's going to change how they play. It's going to make them bigger. It's going to make them stronger. And if they get a lead it's going to make them maybe a little more resolute in defending it. Yeah, I think it is. We also know with it being the opener that there's a different level of spirit there. You know, there's something very exciting about playing in the first game of the World Cup, knowing that everybody's eyes are on you. And I feel like for Qatar, knowing for so long how long they were going to get the opportunity to be in the World Cup, they've been preparing this for a very, very, very long time in terms of the soccer team, in terms of understanding the pressure that's going to be on them and they're going to want to make sure they're able to put the positive eye of the world on Qatar in terms of the soccer team and I think that's where you know I've had some people say well shouldn't we be rooting against them at all times and I don't think that's fair because 
you know, fair to the players. Exactly. When there's some quality on there and they had nothing to do with what's going on. So I think it's going to be a really interesting one. I like that you bring up Caicedo and Estupana because we talked about chemistry and the benefit that the Qatari team has. Well, you've got two players that are playing together Mm -hmm. in the Premier League. And I watched and I think that what I love about Estupanar is his confidence to cut in and take a shot. You know, he's not always looking for the assist. He can cut in and take a strike and leave the goalkeeper off guard. And that's a quality from a fullback that's so useful to have that confidence. And he's playing with so much confidence right now because Brighton are doing so well. How can you not be feeling good when you're seventh in the Premier League? Now, we teased it in the first segment. You've had some time to think about this. We made predictions on the two and a half hour marathon preview podcast, and I did not have France getting out of the group when we did that podcast Thursday night. You had them going very deep in the it tournament. It was the final. I look back. You know me better than I know myself. Mm-hmm. Would you like to make an official change to your prediction with Benzema out? You know what's funny? I'm looking at it, and I'm seeing that I have France to knock out England. And I you feel... Did? I did, but I feel like I almost need to. I'm a superstitious person. I feel like I almost still need them to knock out England. <laughs> you need to pick that is what you're saying. It's, you're you're it's, trying to it, be the is it my belief? Is it my belief? I, I don't know. I still think they'll get out of the group, though. I'm going to leave on my bracket them knocking out England, but okay. losing to Uruguay. Oh, so you're going to have a Uruguay, Brazil. Brazil. Hey, oh, my goodness. I love me some South American soccer. <laughs> You know that better. You're going to have a rematch of the 1950 final that is known as the most traumatic sporting event in the history of Brazil before they lost 7-1 to to Germany in the semifinal they hosted. Hey, I don't know if Tiago Silva can cope with any more trauma. So <laughs> That's going to be a mess if that happens. Uh, I did not have France getting out of the group. Um, I still don't think they're getting out of the group. I have Denmark winning the group and i have australia getting out of the group i think the aussies are very happy with the development about kareem benzema oh, i'm sure they have cried no tears over this demolition of the french structure when it comes to injuries yeah as we said on the the preview pod the aussies slash scots because they they have i think nine or ten players based in scotland a few players who were born in scotland but had family members from australia well, that's part so. of the world game now this converting people being able to find you know changes in allegiance talk about ecuador sarimento mm-hmm. he was playing for the english youth system he's an exciting uh, at least you didn't bring up byron castillo who they did leave off the roster oh. even that's that's hey, a whole if there's any Chileans listening i think you may have just rubbed some salt in some wounds jason I might have. Um, That whole thing was a mess, and FIFA contradicted themselves many times. I know you're shocked that FIFA contradicted themselves many times. I know. People out there just ran off the road if they're listening to us late at night driving. I know. It's crazy. FIFA contradicting themselves. All right. We've got to finish with this. There has been an update on maybe what to expect from the referees in this tournament. The maybe 33rd team or first team in the in the tournament. Now, I will let you know that if we do have controversial referee situations, we have a referee, a very highly thought of referee in this region on speed dial. He's ready to jump in at a moment's notice if we need him to break something down. I hope we don't. But a couple of things that have come out of the conversation about refereeing coming into this. Pierre Luigi Colina, who many of you will remember 
legendary Italian referee. Yes, the bug eyes, kind of crazy looking. Um, he is the referee's committee chairman, and he made it very clear that they are going to try to protect players in this tournament. He made it clear that you can expect to see more cards in this tournament for maybe serious foul play or you know potentially uh, being a dangerous challenge on a player. They want to protect the skilled players in the tournament. I love that. I do. I really like it. I think it's interesting how we've trended down in red cards in the tournament, accumulating with the lowest red card count in the last series with only four red cards across the whole tournament, which I think is pretty baffling for how many games are played at this level. I think protecting players is a good thing. I also like how they talked about stomping down on simulation, on descent, on the uglier parts of the game. But my biggest fear, Jason, is it not being consistent? It's all well and good to set the standard. It's all well and good saying that you've spoken to all 32 teams and told them this is what we want. This is how we're going to referee. It has to be consistent throughout. Otherwise, you start to cost teams with how quickly yellow cards accumulate. Just two for that ban. You can potentially be missing the third group game, which can be absolutely vital for teams. It has to be consistent. Otherwise, that's when people are going to start finger pointing at referees and saying that that's what has cost your team an opportunity in this tournament. They are using the semi-automated offside technology as well. That's been used in the Champions League so far this season. You know, I'm sure we're going to have an incident in the opening game, which kicks off in, what, about eight, nine hours now coming up here soon. You know, we got to get some sleep. We got to get ready for this. We will be back tomorrow night, uh, roughly around the same time after the Sunday night NFL game between 1145, we're guessing and midnight tomorrow, and we will be previewing U.S.-Wales. We'll be previewing England-Iran. We'll have a lot of things to talk about tomorrow. You'll hear from Carlos Bocanegra and Jack Collison of Atlanta United, and I'm sure there will be a little bit of trash talking between Jess and I as our teams get into action on Monday. Thanks for hanging out with us for the first Atlanta soccer tonight during the World Cup. Enjoy the first match, and we'll be back with you on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app, and you can download the podcast anytime you miss it on the off the woodwork folder. Thanks for hanging out with us. Good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 